0: Chiefs' kingdom and the Chiefs had this game circled all year long. The circumstances have changed, but the need has not. The Chiefs need to win against the the Bengals right now to keep their chances alive towards that postseason. What can they do and how will they do it today on Locked on Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back friends and neighbors. It is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day for free on every platform starting here on YouTube, where I would ask you to please like this video, subscribe to the channel and hit that bell so that you get notifications when they come out. As I'm not going live today, Flying solo, but going to give you this uh, release here because this is a critical game, just like we thought it was going to be. It's just the circumstances are a little bit different. I am Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, where we run down the draft and team building across the league, as well as RGR football, where you can see all of our film breakdowns and extensive digging into the stats and everything else you need to know for Chiefs Kingdom. This has been a long time coming. and. I'm really intrigued by the fact that circumstances have changed, but the bottom line has not. There's no way around it. The Chiefs need to get this win. And coming off of a game that they look terrible to a division foe, there's no better time to get right than right now. And there are a number of factors going into it. First and foremost is that both teams are down. You're not going to see Joe Burrow. Not exactly the marquee matchup that we had planned back in the beginning of the season. It will be Jake Browning, at quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. The question will be, who is he throwing to? A little bit on that here in a second. Later, we're going to get to the checklist to get the W and my prediction, as well as the key battles. And we're starting right now with what is the drama that is affecting this game, and that is the injury report. Right now, LeJaria Sneed has not practiced for the Chiefs in two, for two days in a row. Steve Spagnuolo doesn't seem too acutely concerned about that. In his press conference with the media, he was able to just kind of lay out, you know, we don't really need a ton of reps for Legereus Sneed. A couple of tidbits from that comment uh, in the rest of his comments are that They feel that there are so many reps for Legerius that this is not a a crucial thing for him to practice this week necessarily. Much like they were happy to rest him in the preseason, they don't feel like he has to be out there every rep all week long to be prepared for this ballgame. So they're going to let him rest. They're going to take it easy on him. I think it will come down to a, a Saturday designation. We'll see if that's the way that it happens. Uh, could be even a game-time decision. But I do think in the end, LeJarrius Needs is going to end up playing. It's a calf. It's a soft tissue, as as we understand. And I do believe you're going to continue to work through that through the rest of this week, resting it, therapy. A lot of time spent in the training room should get him ready to play. I feel they're going to need him because on the other side of the ball, uh, things are changing a little bit towards the positive for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that is that their star, Jamar Chase, did practice lightly on Thursday. Now, they're going to have a Friday practice for each team as well. This will be out before then. But the expectation seems to be ramping up towards Jamar Chase playing. He had some choice comments after his practice on Thursday. And it comes down to uh, <laughs> what I think is is a little bit of bravado on the part of Jamar Chase trying to, to – Allay some fears trying to, uh, uh, you know, down talk the chief secondary in particular. But yet at the same time, he comes back and has comments like, but they know how to take us away. The, our top two weapons, they understand how to double us and make us. He didn't use the word ineffective, but I will. The Chiefs have that ability and they have the personnel. The question is, can they accomplish that? Can they double he and T Higgins together at the same time? I do think that is a possibility. The question becomes is, can you stop the run as well? And that's going to be a little bit more difficult. There are zero missing guys in the offensive line. Not that that's a huge boon. We're going to talk about the offensive line matchup coming up in another segment, uh, particularly Orlando Brown, as we had a short discussion and a little bit of ribbing yesterday on the crossover show with Jake from the Locked On Bengals show. If you guys missed that, go back and check that out. It's always a fun time when we get together. We used to do the Locked On NFL show together, so it was a bit of a reunion. But that line we're going to talk about. The question is, are they going to be able to run and protect Browning enough to try to get the ball to Chase and T. Higgins? Now, for the Chiefs, it comes back to, can you get Lejarius on the field? I feel okay about that. It was a full go for Jalen Watson, who I do expect to start opposite him this particular week. Now, we all know Trent McDuffie's going to line up in the slot quite a bit of the time. We'll see if they choose to change that. Spagnola was not very specific about are we going to choose to travel him if Chase is out there? Are we just going to do what he called our normal thing and play right and left? That is a distinct possibility, and I think depending on the shape that Legerius's calf is in, that may be the symptom. But we know they're going to have safety help. This game is going to come down to what Chamari Connor and Justin Reed and Mike Edwards are going to be able to do. Edwards was able to rejoin the game last week as well. That's important, but we have seen him miss some tackles. We have seen him be a little bit late in recognition being over there. Uh, I do think you're going to see some mid-zone type things from Chamari Connor. I don't know you're going to see him a ton high, but if he is playing high, I think it will be over the top of Chase or Higgins, probably Chase if he goes. And I think that's good. You, you need that that feisty bit. You need the rookie, to see somebody uh, of Chase's quality that I think is going to be very important. Didn't get a full look at Addison, who's another rookie, but was, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Jefferson up in in Minnesota. Didn't get a full look at him. But you need to play against that kind of quality, and this is an opportunity for the youngsters to get that much farther down the line in their experience. So others on the did-not-practice list, it switched. Isaiah Pacheco's still out. Donovan Smith is still out. Canary's Tony's still out, although they changed it to a hip – On the official listing, we don't have any more information about that. But the new thing is that you had a new addition in that Clyde Edwards-Alaire did not practice on Thursday. That is due to an illness, and we've seen that kind of running around uh, the building here the last couple of weeks. I don't know that it's going to be a huge deal come game time, but right now, without Pacheco out there, without Clyde out there, you had to get some reps in practice to the younger guys in the backfield P. Ryan and Prince, and I think that's probably a good thing to get them prepped in case those guys are not going to be available to go. Uh, Kadarius, Tony, we know that they're they're treading lightly with him right now. Same with Donovan Smith. Expect that it is going to be Wandy Morris that gets the start. Mike Edwards, back in full. Uh, McCall Hardman, full practice yet again. Trent McDuffie, full. Amenahieu, full. So we feel good about that. In fact, uh, looks like Josh Williams is back out there as well. So he will be, he and Jalen Watson, some of the guys that try to take away some of those playmakers if Chase goes. Right now, I feel like probably both of these players, LeJarius Need and Jamar Chase, are going to make this ball game work. So that's what they have to prepare for. How do they get that done? What are the key battles outside of those two? That's coming up next after a message from our friends. Don't root for your team on an empty stomach. That's what it comes down to, whether it's a timeout, whether it's halftime, or if you're like me and you want to get that pregame meal in before kickoff, this is coming up on one of the last Chiefs games of the year that you can get that sent right there before a home game and be ready to go with DoorDash. It makes life easy, whether it's, Wings from your favorite stock, whether it's Q39, my personal favorite, Rosati's Pizza. Got to get that as well. You can get a lot of help from DoorDash. It makes life super simple, and they have a great deal for you. Now, before the scores of the games go up, you can get in on the action. Right now, save up to 50% of a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and get in the action, that way you got to use the code LOCKED. 23 23 is almost over, so you better remember that one. It's 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first purchase at the DoorDash app and use our code LOCKED23. That is it. Subject to change and conditions do apply. Terms apply, but get in the action at DoorDash. As the weather gets colder outside, the NFL is heating up, and you can get into the action over on FanDuel right now new customers are getting $150 in bonus bets after winning a $5 bet on any money line that's 150 bucks back on your account if your team wins on a $5 money line bet it's what you've been thinking about when you've been trying to get into FanDuel there's no better time than right now before the playoffs as things start to heat up you can bet spreads player props overs, unders, and everything else. It's at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's the spot that you want to go to kick off the NFL season into the higher gear just before playoffs. It's at FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Matchups are what this game comes down to every time, and there's a couple of battles that have to be won right now for the Chiefs and it comes down to this the trenches are where it's going to be at not just to protect Patrick Mahomes on that side with the offensive line but it's about attacking Jake Browning and being able to affect the quarterback's ability to deliver the ball as we mentioned earlier they're going to try to run the ball unfortunately they haven't been very good at that in, in weeks lately either and so I think what we have to concentrate on is the mirror effect that is for both of these teams. As, uh, as my colleague Jake pointed out uh, last uh, yesterday in, in the last show, uh, Orlando Brown playing for, for the Bengals. Maybe there's some animosity there. Maybe there's, there's a get right there. He knows the Chiefs defenders. They also know him. I don't necessarily feel like Orlando Brown has any kind of advantage, especially given the way that he's been playing. Last week against the Steelers, Orlando Brown gave up six pressures. His tackle mate, Jonah Williams, gave up five pressures, by far the most on their offensive lines, and had the poorest performance and, as you would expect, the poorest grades from pro football focus as well. This tells you that they are ripe to be attacked, and it just comes down to matchups. What can you do to force them into mistakes. And for me, it, it starts with Williams and George Karloctis and George being that relentless kind of, of pressure rusher that he is to just stay on Williams. I do think you'll get an overset from times. I do think he can get him leaning out and attack inside. I want to see the spin, the crossover, and, and the Inside shoulder attack that George Karloftis can bring, I think that will pay off for him against Williams, who did give up a sack as well as two hits last week. Now, Orlando gave up one sack, but did not give up any other hits. He will get to see Charles Amenhue and Mike Dana and guys that have played against him before. Obviously, Amenhue new to the roster, but Mike Dana knows him very well. The question for me is, after just four snaps last week, can the guy that has the best arm length on this pass rushing group in Felix Anadikos, I'm like, can he come in and just give him, give him something new? Give him a little bit of speed from the outside, set him in a wide nine and make Orlando move his feet. We know where his weakness is, and that is out wide, and getting himself in his motor to get his kick step sorted out. And I think this might be the week that you see Felix play more reps. Now, many who has got good arm length as well, and so you can certainly use him. And I do think if you need to go power on power, you put Chris out there for a couple of reps and let Chris Jones attack. Orlando Brown, because I do think the quickness advantage there can pay off, but it's a little bit stronger inside. So a Hugh, Chris Jones, Derek Naughty, even Turk Warden, they have to work a little bit harder. I, I don't see any problem for Chris Jones against Alex Kappa, um, uh, and Ted Karras. I, I think they're going to have some opportunities there. Uh, Cordell Volson, I'm not hundred percent. It feels like he might just have a little bit more, uh, quickness to him, especially in his hands to maybe not get beat as quickly off the, the first go, but I do think that Chris Jones is in for a day. It just depends on how they flush and choose to attack the quarterback. And that doesn't mean that the front battle is the only battle, obviously, with T. Higgins and now what we feel like is Jamar Chase going to be able to be available for this game. That makes the matchups that much more difficult. It does come down to the safeties because you're going to see bracket coverage on Chase if he's on the field and on Higgins if he's not on the field And you may see brackets on both of them, to tell you the truth, because outside of those two guys, I don't see a ton that should make the Chiefs defense, especially the way that they've been playing, feel too nervous. I think that they're going to have this well in hand, and they're going to choose, I think, to concentrate on pressure. The other good thing about doing that, uh, in understanding you have four committed to two receiving options is that you have a floating safety there you'll have a little bit of room and you'll have the nickel and obviously you're going to send Trent McDuffie on some blitzes that's it's really not much of a shock right that should be the expectation but with the volume of linebacker blitzes that Steve Spagnuolo has been sending this season I think that's another way to really pay off especially in the b-gaps With the interior three of the Bengals mirroring the Chiefs' interior three being the more solid part of the offensive line, I do think trying to put a wedge between the tackles and their partners at the guard spots is the best way to go, and I do think that comes down to Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil. You could see Willie Gay do that a little bit too, but I do think that he needs to get outside and try to play a little bit more in coverage because as you look at receiving options after Higgins – There is Drew Sample. He's going to get a couple of targets. Had a a decent day out, 3-for-3-and-38 last week. Um, There's uh, the newcomer, Irwin, who I have not watched a ton. Take a look out for him, and then there's Boyd. Uh, There are enough trios there, and I think you're going to see some mixed zone in the linebacker group so that you can do some replacement blitzes in particular to try to get after Jake Browning. Now, that's all predicated on what has to come first for the Chiefs defense, and that is this, stop that run. Should Joe Mixon get on a run like we saw last week with a backup running back, that presents a problem. The Chiefs need to stay ahead of the chains, get them into third and long situations in order for their pass rush to be truly effective, in order to protect the drives. It is about the drives. Much as we talked about everything the offense has to do, and we will continue to break that down in the next segment. It is about protecting the number of drives that the Chiefs have to defend, and that's about getting success early on first down, stopping that run from churning you over. I think the Raiders game, as as heartbreaking and bitter as it was, I do think sets them up to be better against the run against the Bengals, and that is one of the things that they have to battle through and get done. On the offensive side, you have to win your tackle matchups. The pass rush for the Cincinnati Bengals is going to be paramount. If you can keep Pat from having to rush himself to hopefully get through what I think are the keys to the offensive side, that will be coming up next in the checklist segment. But it is about the protection. And we've seen some hits and misses. Need to limit the penalties, need to limit the offsides, and you need to make sure that you're functioning as a five some. We've seen some gaps develop and particularly on the right-hand side with Trey, who I do think Trey Smith should be able to go in this ball game, along with Juwan Taylor. They need to be on their, their tiptoes and ready for this action that they're going to see quite an onslaught of pass rush from the Cincinnati Bengals, starting with Trey Hendrickson. Number one, off the edge, going to come at you in all kinds of ways. Now, I think he'll start and he'll probably play most of the day against Juan Ian Morris, who's going to have his hands full. But you are going to see him rotate because they're going to flip him and Hubbard who, uh, according uh, to folks in Cincinnati, is, is not having the breakout season that he's had. They're going to bring Osai in from time to time. They're going to probably rush Pratt a couple blitzes as well. So you, you got to be, again, working as a five. There's five in the fist. you got to keep that fist together. That's going to be the other key battle in this ballgame. But how does the offense get back on track? What did they have to do? What is the checklist for a win for them, as well as my prediction coming up next? When you're hiring for your small business, you want to make sure you have as many top-tier candidates as possible when you go to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They have the tools to help you find the right professionals for every role that you might have for your team faster and for free. It isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals ready to look to you for a place to hire. It makes life easy. They have tools. They have everything you need. And every small business, up to 86% of small businesses, see the qualified candidate within 24 hours. It makes small businesses that are wearing so many hats life easier, and you need to get into that if you are looking for some help right now. It is a feature-rich environment that you need to get in the action on Post your job for free at linkedin.com/slash-lockedonNFL. That's linkedincom slash NFL. to get your job quicker and for free. Post it there. Terms and conditions do apply. The Chiefs' offense has to rebound. That is the theme here on Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network. At your team every day. Make sure you hit Spotify as well as the Apple feed to get the audio side of this show if you're not watching on YouTube. And make sure that you hit the text line at 816-357-8781. Coming up later, you can get on, and I will redirect you to, our uh, Locked On Sports Today show, which is a 24-hour feed. Very unique. First time it's been done, you get all kinds of Locked On shows on a 24-7 feed that you can tune into right after this. The checklist for the Kansas City Chiefs, it doesn't matter if it's Isaiah Pacheco, it doesn't matter if it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Michael P. Ryan, even to Eric Prince. You have to be able to run the ball. You have to play the physicality that you've been missing in recent weeks and double down on what you're doing in order to protect the drives. It is about the number of possessions that this, this Chiefs team can roll through. And it's about keeping Patrick from having to throw 44 passes again in, in a desperate attempt to move the ball. You have to be able to grind out four yards of carry. That is the bottom line. This team has it in them. And I think in the middle, without the expectation that DJ Reader is going to be available for the Cincinnati Bengals, I, I think there is some room to run inside. They were not... Particularly successful at inside zone last week. That is their their bread and butter of their inside run game. So I do think they have to go to a more power look. Uh, at RGR, we feel like duo is a pretty good pattern to just run until it breaks. That is still there. But I will also add on, if you're going to run inside zone, you got to run it out of counter. I think you got to run counter power. And I'd like to see them use some two tight end sets and bring in some wham blocking from Noah Gray use the tight ends a little bit more. It was successful a couple weeks ago with Travis Kelsey. I don't want to see Travis get beat up, but I think you can get Noah Gray in the action that way and have him be productive in the run game inside and allowing some of those trap blocks to come through. If you can run the ball efficiently, it will take it off of Patrick Mahomes' shoulders and allow him to be more the surgeon than the hero that he has been trying to be most of the season. What that also equates to is something that we don't see a ton of in that I want to see true play action from Patrick Mahomes. True arm extended fake handoffs with actual play action. He can turn his back to the defense if he has to. I'm perfectly fine with that. I trust him to get the ball out. but That will help loosen up what he needs to do next. And that is identify the inside threats. There are a couple of guys in particular that I do feel you need to attack. Mike Held has been playing a lot of slot corner lately. He is one of the guys that I think you can come down and attack. The right corner, Shirobe Awuze, nearly lost the ball game for him against the Steelers last week. He even took it on his shoulders. I think both of them need to be attacked in ways that they're not prepared for. The Chiefs don't run enough slants. They don't run enough in-breaking routes on time. For Patrick to get the ball out, and that has to change this week, whether it's from play action or whether it's straight drop backs, it's got to be one, two, three, get the ball out, or one, two, three, four, five, and get the ball out. It's got to be quick, and it's got to be on time. The inbreakers are the way that I think you're going to attack the zones that I expect them to see. Now, their defense coordinator, Amarillo, might change that up. If you get, man, certainly take your shot. I think that's completely worth it. But in attacking Awuzie in particular, I think you can get some – action for she Rice that doesn't require the screen. We saw 18 of the 44 pass attempts go behind the line of scrimmage last week, and that cannot happen any longer. It has to be down the field. It has to be a vertical attack against the zones. You cannot sit back and wait for them. The Raiders picked it out. The Bengals are a better defense, so they have to figure this out, and that means attacking in the six. 8, 12-yard range with all kinds of slicing routes against what I expect to be primarily too high in the Bengals' defense. But you are going to see some rotation to three. You're going to see some single high in man as well. And when you get that, you have to hit the home run. Patrick's going to be looking for that. We always know that he is. But in the meantime, it's about the tempo of the offense, hitting his back foot and getting the ball out, even if it's a small window. If you have Rasheed Rice on a slant against... Whether it's uh, Woosier, Mike Hilton, I'll take it. And certainly the guy that's been struggling the most is free safety Dax Hill. If you can get that and draw him down with some of the underneath routes, especially from the slot, I think you have an opportunity to, again, against single high, even if it's three. If it's a single guy high and you have cover three, I still think that they're going to be able to make some hay there with some big chunk plays. But it is predicated on moving the safety that's struggling around. That's a bigger issue, I think, for Patrick in being disciplined with his eye control as well as setting up the protections because lingering for four, three and a half even seconds in the pocket is getting to the point where that's starting to allow mistakes to happen. They need to have better tempo, run the ball, and get the ball out on target on time, and that should move the offense. The last thing that has to happen is that Travis Kelsey needs to be used. We've seen him be a decoy for the most part. But we got to cut out of the mistakes. It's time to lock this down. No more mental mistakes from Travis Kelsey in particular. No more temper tantrums. No more need for temper tantrums. And that is the leadership that everyone needs to see, whether it's Rasheed Rice, whether it's if McCole Hardman comes back, whether it's MVS and Justin Watson who also have to lock that in. But Travis Kelsey stirs the drink, runs the show, leads the way when it comes to the Chiefs passing attack. And they have to get that back on track. I don't think he's 100%. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is 100%, to be honest. They have to make it work, and the balance with the run game will allow that. That's the way I see this game having to go to get a win, and I think that they can. Is it back and forth? Is it maybe ugly? Yes, I certainly think it is, but I think the Chiefs are going to prevail in a game that might have been this close before. But it certainly has to be this close now, given the way the teams are performing. It's not the marquee matchup that we thought we would have when the season started, but it is still an incredibly important game. It keeps the Bengals alive should they win, and it keeps the Chiefs in the hunt for one of the top seeds if they can get this win, and I do think that they can. I think the Chiefs win this one 24-20, going away and ready to go on and finish the season. I think that's important for the the psychology of this roster, I think it's important for their confidence as well. Let me know what you think. What do you think is going to happen? Put your comments down below. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on a Friday. This is Locked on Chiefs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day on every platform for free around the world and everywhere. Check out the Lockdown Sports Today feed. I think you're going to dig it, and you'll see some of me and some of Chris. Uh, Chris will be back later, and I am going to just lock this down in the meantime. Thank you for all of your time and support. We very much appreciate you. This is coming down to the end of the regular season, and we have to get prepared for what comes next. A lot more for you will be live post game as we always are. Don't forget it. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you then.